I know Papa don't usually do this, and I don't know that I've ever really done this before, but I'm going to pick up where we left off last Sunday. Um, I had a thought on my mind all week long and really thought I was going to go somewhere else, but the Lord wouldn't let me leave this, this, this passage of Scripture, this thought, so we're going to try to give you what's on our heart. Don't know that I'll be before you very long, but whatever the Lord would have for us, that's what I want to do. And, uh, I need Him. Y'all pray. I need Him. I need His touch. In order to anything to be done or said that's going to help anybody, it takes the Lord. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. Bless him, Lord. Amen. First John chapter 2. No reason to stand this morning. We'll probably review just a little bit before we break into where the Lord would have us to go. But let's go to the Lord in prayer before we start. Father, I need you, God. Lord, this morning I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to uh, preach your word, God, to bring out the thought that you've put on our heart. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be just exactly what you'd have us to. Lord, I ask you, God, if there's one in the presence here today, God, that's backslid, one that's lost and undone without you, God, I pray that you'd deal with their heart. God, I pray, Lord, that us as the children of God, Lord, the body of Christ, Lord, that you'd help us to draw up close to you, God, and be thankful for who you are and what you've done for us, God. Your will be done. Bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I guess we'll just uh, we'll go back to verse number 5 in chapter 1. Um, we'll read through this. I know it's a little bit of review, but in order to uh, understand, I think, where we're, where we're going here, what the Lord has shown me, I think we, we need to review a little bit. But verse number 5 in chapter 1 says, This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. We, uh, last week we talked about this being uh, the Apostle John that wrote this passage of Scripture and in, uh, from verse number 6 all the way to verse number 10, you know, it's talking about confessing sins and it's co- talking about coming back and getting your sins under the blood. And I believe that he explains to us that none of us are uh, 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 exempt from sin. Even us that's been raised in church or us that's been saved for a long time, we're not... We're all still capable of sinning. We're all still capable of failing God and doing things that we know that we shouldn't do. And um, here in this passage of Scripture, in, from verse number 6 to verse number 10, it, uh, it, it, he uses the language we 12 times. And then he uses the word us Four times. So not only is he telling us that we can fail and that we can sin, but I believe that he's telling us that even him, as the apostle John that walked with Jesus and saw the miracles of Jesus, that he's he's saying even I can sin, even me. We are all included in this, and we're all apt as uh, human beings to fall into sin and to mess up. 
You know, I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done. We're all apt to sin and mess up. Terry mentioned it this morning that me and him had been talking about that uh, the Lord or the, the Satan don't come at me with drugs anymore. He comes at me with other things. But Satan knows my weakness and Satan knows who I am. And that's the very thing that he comes at me with. The Lord may have strengthened me in one area, but then Satan will come at me in another area so that he can get me back to the original place that I was in. If I was to go into some of these sin and do these things that the Satan's tempting me with, I can end up right back where I was to begin with. And I believe that's what the Apostle John is saying, that he wasn't exempt from sin, that as great of a man of God and full of the Holy Ghost as he was, he wasn't exempt from sin either. Can I say this morning, everyone that's sitting under the sound of my voice, we're not exempt from sin. We're not exempt from falling from grace. We're not exempt from falling out of the will of God. We don't fall out of it. We choose to. We choose to go in the way that we want to. And everyone here this morning is just as apt as the next man if we turn our eyes off of the Lord to fall. To fall. That's what John's trying to tell us here. And he's including himself in the scripture. But if you look here in uh, chapter, chapter number 2 verse 1. He says, My little children, these things I write unto you. So the language changes. The language changes. He was speaking of we. He was speaking of us. He was including himself that he was just the same as us. But then he says, my little children. You know, when I read that, I find that as some comforting words. My little children. He's, he's saying basically that he loves those that he's talking to. Those that he's discipled. And he's talking to us in this epistle. And he calls us my little children. I believe that's comforting words that he's showing us that he cares for us. I believe John wrote this epistle uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, but I believe that he wrote it because he loves us, because he cares for us, and he wants to see us prosper and do well and serve the Lord like we should. And he says, my little children. You know, when John was writing this, he was probably on up in age. He had probably been with the Lord for many, many years now. He had been through some things as a child of God. He had been through some things as a, a minister of the Word of God. He had been through some things since the, the day of Pentecost, that since he had had the Holy Ghost, and since he had been in the place where he was including himself. I believe, you know, as younger Christians, it's easier for us to fall into things than it is for the older ones. You know, those that's been saved for a while... We've got some more understanding than someone who just got in. Than someone who's just got saved. Some of the older ones have a, a, a better understanding of how the Lord works and what the Word says and how that we're supposed to live in order to be right with God. And I believe that's what John is trying to tell us here. He was saying that I'm just as apt to fall as you, but now he's changed the language in the way that he's writing. And he calls us my little children. And he says, I've been in this thing a while. I've been doing this thing for a while and I've got something that you need to hear. I've got something that you need to know. He said I write unto you these things that you sin not. You know I believe it would do us some good if we would listen to some of the older ones. If some of us it's not being saved or in church as long as Papa and Butch and some of these other ones. It's not as old in the Lord as they are. It would do us some good to listen to their advice. You know a lot of times I, I look at us you know our, our spiritual life if you've been saved or 
or you've been rededicated for a year, you're not nearly as mature in the Lord as someone that's been faithfully trying to serve the Lord for 20 years. But we're just like our children are. You know, I can watch Sally and she will, she thinks she's got it all figured out. She's a year and a half year old. One and a half years old and she thinks she's got the world figured out. She wants to do it all by herself. She wants to feed herself. Her mama can try to give her a bite of ice cream and she says, me hold, me hold. She don't want her mama to hold it. She wants to do it herself. And that's exactly how we get as children of God. We get to the terrible twos. When we're a couple years old in the Lord, we think we've got it all figured out and those older ones can't tell us nothing. But you know, I believe it would do us good to listen to the advice of the older ones. We don't have it all figured out and we need to get that out of our mind that we've got it all under control because if it wasn't for the older ones that led an example and if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost of God dwelling in me, I'd be back out on the street strung out on drugs today. It'll do us good to listen to the older ones. My little children. He said, I've been through some things, but I want to help you. I've been down some paths, but I want to help you. I believe that's what the Lord wants to do for us today. He wants to help us. He wants to help us. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. I believe he's talking about willful sin. Right here, I believe he's talking about willful sin. You know, us as Christians... There's not a one of us, and he's done told us in the previous passage there, there's not one of us that can say we have not sinned. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in here has sinned this week. We have sinned this week. But then he says, I write unto you these things that you sin not. Well, if we have sinned and we've all sinned, and he said that we've all sinned, how do we sin not? I believe he's talking about willful sin. You know, the farther on that you get in the Lord, the the stronger that you get, the more you begin to understand. I believe that the Lord expects us as children to God to grow. I believe He expects us to grow. You know, when we first got saved, it was, as He said here, we sin, we fall, we mess up. But then He comes on down and He says, as we get older, He expects us not to sin. I believe that the Lord expects us to walk right and talk right and to abstain from living in sin, from living in willful sin. You know, sometimes there's thoughts that go through my mind that are sin, but I didn't put them there. They just happen. And that's sin, but that's not willful sin. But if I give place to them thoughts and I continue down the path that them thoughts are in my mind then that's willful sin and I believe what John's telling us here is hey don't sin as you get older as you continue to grow I've been down these paths and what you need to do is abstain from willfully sinning I write unto you that you sin not so if he's telling us not to sin and we've been saved from sin. I wasn't saved in sin. I was saved from sin. That tells me that I do have the ability to abstain from willful sin. We do have the ability as the children of God. That's the purpose of the comforter living in us is to help us abstain from willful sin. We don't have to sin. I don't have to have a little bit of sin in my life. I don't have to have a little bit of the world in my life. I don't have to have these little things. I have the ability through the saving grace and power of the Lord that I don't have to go down and pass. I don't have to sin. I don't have to watch stuff on TV I don't want to watch. I don't need to watch. I don't have to listen to things on the radio I don't need to listen to. I don't have to look at things on my phone and then delete my search history so my wife don't find out I don't have to do them things I have the ability to abstain from sin we should grow in grace if you're in the exact same place you was when you've got saved you're failing 
You're failing. You're backsliding. You're going backwards. I believe the longer you're saved, the closer to God that you should grow. A little sin is not okay. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. Listen here. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins. We all heard this scripture many times. But this advocate, I looked this up. This really interested me. It's one called to your side. Is what the Greek word in this passage means. Is one called to your side. So I began to think about that. He said, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You know, Jesus promised that he would never leave me nor forsake me. He would never, he would never leave me all by myself. He would never, there would never be a time in my life when I was going through a valley and he wouldn't be there. He promised me that. But he says here, if any man sin, you have an advocate with the Father. An advocate means one called to your side. So apparently if I've sinned, he's not by my side. If I fell into willful sin, that means the Lord's not there. When I choose to go into willful sin, what I'm doing is choosing to step away from the Lord. If He had to be called back to my side to represent me, that means that I willfully chose to step away from Him. But thank God that when I call out to Him, He's called back to my side because He loves me. You know, if we failed God, and we can all say that we have, in order to get back in the will of God, we've got to cry out to the Lord and He is our advocate and He'll come back to our side and He'll represent us before God so that we don't have to die and go to hell so that I don't have to stand in judgment and uh, under the uh, uh, chastisement of the Lord if I'll call on the Lord He'll come right back to my side He'll come right back to my side. He said, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sin. That's just the atonement. He is the atonement for my sin. When Jesus died on the cross and He cried out, It is finished, that meant that there was no more sacrifice that would ever be needed for my sin. That didn't mean that my sin didn't have to be taken back and confessed, but it meant that there was no more lambs needed to be sacrificed. Sacrifice. There was no more bullocks, no more of the traditions of the law that had to be uh, performed in order to cover my sin. The only thing I've got to do now is confess my sin to the Lord and He's faithful and just to forgive me of them. He's faithful and just to come right back by my side. If I really want to be in the will of God, He really wants me to be there. And if I'll cry out to Him, I'll call out to the Lord with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He'll come back by my side and He'll forgive me and I can be right back in his will today. I can be right back in his will today. Thank God he's faithful. Thank God we've got a faithful Savior. I love him. I love him this morning. I'm thankful for what he's done for me. I'm thankful that even though I failed him over and over and over again, he continued to hold out his hand of grace and come back to my side when I called on him. I shouldn't be standing before you today. I should not be a preacher. I I don't deserve the honor that it is to be able to stand up here and open this book. I was one that knew God and stepped away 
from him. I was one that knew the right way and chose to walk away from his side. But yet he still was faithful and he still loved me enough that he gave me an opportunity to come back to his will and to get right one more time and to have the peace in my heart that only comes from him. What a faithful God we serve. And not only is it for me, but it's for everyone. He said there in verse 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. Not only is it the propitiation for those of us that have been saved and then walked away from him, but he's the propitiation for anybody who calls upon his name. If you've never been saved, he's your propitiation too. If you've never had your sins covered in the blood, he's the atonement for your sins as well. If you want to have the peace of God in your heart, if you want to have the assurance that you'd go to heaven when you leave this world, you can have that today. You can have that today. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's everybody. That don't exclude anyone. That's everybody. And hereby, we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. I know Him because I do something. That's almost a little confusing. I know Him because the desire down in my heart is strong enough that it keeps me from doing the things of the world. I know Him and I know that He's by my side because I am obeying His commandments. You know, I ask us this morning, examine ourselves. What is our life? Who are we? What do we do on a daily basis? Do we choose God and obey His commandments every day? Or do we choose us and walk away from the things that He's told us to do? If we're not following God, then we don't know Him. If we're not following His commandments and going His way, then we ain't got that peace and assurance. I know I'm saved because the one that lives inside of me leads and guides my steps and I don't want to sin I don't want to fall I don't want to do wrong I don't want to be separated from him because when I willfully sin he's no longer by my side because I chose to walk away from him but knowing that he's down in my heart I don't want to walk away from him I don't want to sin no more and it gives me assurance and peace knowing that I'm right with him because I followed him Because I followed him, I've done his commandments. If we keep his commandments, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. I don't even have to preach that verse. It preaches itself. If we say that we know him, but we don't do his will, we're lying. We're lying. You're not only lying to yourself, but you're lying to the world. And you're not convincing anyone that you're saved. If you don't obey the commandments of God, if you're living in sin and say you're a Christian, we know you're not. You're not confused. We're not confused. You're not convincing the church. You're not convincing your wife. You're not convincing the world that you're saved. If you're living a lie, we all know it. I'm not saying it matters that I know it, but what I am saying is you're not convincing anyone. You're not convincing anyone, and you're definitely not convincing the Lord. The Lord knows you. The Lord knows me, and He knows our hearts, but He's faithful and just to forgive us. He's faithful and just. But whoso keepeth His word, verse 5, but whoso keepeth His word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we... That we are in Him. Verse number 6. He that saith he abideth in Him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. 
That's the title of the message this morning. Walk even as He walked. You know, I believe that's the call that's on our life. We'll read that verse again. He said, He that saith, he abideth in him, ought also, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. That abideth there as it's used in verse number 6 means to remain, to sojourn, or to tarry. That means to continue that TH on the end of that worth means to continue with him. He that saith he abideth in him also ought to walk even as he walked. As I read this passage of scripture, and this being John that wrote this passage, I thought, you know, as he was writing this, he's talking about he that abideth in him. You know, there's another place, we'll just turn there, uh, John chapter 15, the gospel according to John chapter 15. This is another place where uh, he is wrote down talking about abiding. Abiding in the Lord. And in, this, cha- in uh, this chapter here, this is red letters, so this is the account of John is writing down of what Jesus had told him. So the thing that John knows about abiding, he said, He that saith he abideth in him ought to walk as he walked. That's talking about Jesus. Walking as Jesus walked. And as I was studying this, you know, I thought the, the, the Lord impressed it on my heart that this was the message that we was going to be preaching is walk even as he walked. So I began to think, you know, well, how did Jesus walk? And I really just wanted to grab some characteristics and say, well, Jesus done this. Jesus was love and we should do this. But he impressed it on my heart that he was abiding. He impressed it in my heart that he was talking about abiding I thought well how did Jesus walk and Butch even said it this morning and it thrilled my heart but he said righteousness was on his mind righteousness and the only word the only description that I could come up with for who Jesus was and the way that Jesus walked was he walked in righteousness he's the only one that walked clean he's the only one that walked perfect he's the only one that walked perfectly in the will of God and my righteousness is as filthy rags and the only righteousness is me in me is because of his blood I can't keep myself clean I can't make myself walk right I can't make myself abstain from sin the only way that I can stay out of sin is by putting my faith and trust in what he done for me on the cross of Calvary that's the only way I can stay right is to stay in his righteousness to stay in him but here in chapter 15 of St. John uh, verse number 1 says I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So if we are abiding in the Lord, that means that we are a branch. He said that He was the true vine, and that we are the branches. So if I'm abiding in Him, I should be an extension of Him. 
That's what a branch is. A branch is an extension of the vine. If you look at it through the eyes of a tree, we can see the branches that are on the trees out here, and they are an extension of the tree. They're not just the tree itself. They're not the tree trunk. They're not the vine itself, but they are an extension of Him. And the vines that come off of the branch, or the branch branches that come off of the vines, they look like Him. All the branches that come off of a tree out here in the yard, as we look at them, they look like the vine. On the outside, they've got the same bark. On the inside, they've got the same sap. Hey, the things that they produce is produced because they're attached to the trunk, because they're attached to the vine. And if we are abiding in the vine, and we are abiding in Him, we'll look like Him. We'll walk like Him. We'll act like Him. He said to walk even as He walked. And the only way I can walk as He walked is to abide in Him. Is to abide in who He is and what He's done. Is to abide in who He told us to be. He said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, He taketh away. You know, before I can ever be a branch, before I can ever be part of Him or be an extension of Him, i got to be saved i got to be born again. The only way that I become an extension of God, the only way I've been in the image of God is because I've been born again. Because I've been saved. And in order for, uh, he said, every branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. So we can be taken away. If we're not walking as he told us to walk, if we're not abiding in him, we can be taken away. You know, this passage of scripture and every passage of scripture that I read in this book promotes holiness. Every passage of scripture that I've ever found tells me that I have to live right. Tells me that I have to walk right. Tells me that I've got to abide in Him. Tells me that I've got to continually put my faith and trust in who He is and what He done. Nowhere in the book does it tell me that I can do it on my own. Nowhere in the book does it tell me that I can live how I want to. Nowhere in the book does it tell me that I've got it and I cannot lose it. I can't find it. I've tried my best to find it in the Word. I've prayed and asked God, Lord, if my doctrine is wrong, I need You to show me. But it's not in there. It's not in there. I can't see this Scripture any other way other than I have to abide in Him. I have to abide in Him. My hope is in Him. My hope is the assurance that I'm going to heaven. But if I walk out from under His blood and I walk out from under His uh, salvation, under His grace, then I can die and go to hell. I know I bring this every week, but it's what God has told us to bring. If we're not abiding in the vine, if we're not walking as He walked, we're standing in danger of hellfire. We're standing in danger of dying and going to hell. Don't die and go to hell. Don't die and go to hell because you can. Because you can. We have something required of us as children of God. Every branch in me, verse 2 again, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Verse number 5 said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. So I begin to think on this fruit. This fruit that is talking about is the fruit of righteousness. He walked righteous. He was known for being righteous. He's the only righteous one. It's him. And we're to walk as he walked. And he said that if we abide in him, we have, we bringeth forth much fruit. Galatians 5.22 says, but the, spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. So the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of righteousness, is love. You know, I believe that if we have the Spirit, if we are abiding in the vine, we are uh, walking as the Lord walked, we'll have love. We'll have true love. We won't just have a, a form of love, but we will have true love. And not only will I have love, but the people around me will begin to have love. You know, I thought about as Jesus walked through uh, in the Gospels, you read all through the Gospels, not only did He possess love, not only did He show love, but He gave love. You know, the people that was around Jesus, uh, they came and I thought about the lady, at the, the woman at the well. And uh, as she came, she was a sinner. She didn't have no true love. She had had five husbands, the one that she was with wasn't her husband but when she left from that well that day she had love so not only was it that he had love and he showed love but he gave love and if I'm walking in him and I'm an extension of him somewhere along the line somebody I come in contact with when they leave from me they're going to have love it's not love of me it's not love of what I've done but it's love of the vine it's love of Him. The fruit of the Spirit is vine. and he, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And He said, He that abideth in me and I in Him bringeth forth much fruit. Not some fruit, not a little fruit, not fruit on Sunday morning, but much fruit. How many people has left from being in contact with you with love this week? That never had love before, but now they got love. How many? I got I can't say that I've had any this week that's left me that was lost and headed for hell, did not know love, but this week they learned what love was. Much fruit. We should have much fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. Joy. If I'm right with God and I'm walking as He walked and I'm abiding in the vine and I'm an extension of Him, then I'll have joy. I'll have joy. Down on the inside, I ain't talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about a feeling of the Spirit that you ain't going to take away my joy. Circumstances of life may happen, but I've still got joy. Hey, things might go wrong and I may not be happy in the moment, but I've still got joy down in my soul. And not only will I have joy, but I will show joy and those that I come in contact with will receive some joy. The joy that's unspeakable and full of glory that's bubbling up from down on the inside of me, somebody else is going to get it. You know, you can't be full of Jesus and come in contact with somebody who is full of darkness and they not get a little bit of light on them. Hey, when, when, uh, what's the definition? I can't remember exactly the definition of light, but uh, darkness has to flee in the presence of light. There can't be any darkness when light comes around. And we're out in a dark, dark world and we're supposed to be the bright, shining light reflecting the light of Jesus. Well, then the darkness ought to flee and love should come in and joy should come in and peace should come in and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith should come in from being in contact with us because we're attached to Him, because we're attached to the vine. If we're walking in the life, we're walking as He walked, there'll be much fruit produced. That's the word of God. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. How much peace do we have? Do you got peace today? Tommy, you come on begin to play. <clears throat> we'll go through these. But the Spirit, the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering. I believe we all suffer from this one. I don't know anybody who's truly long-suffering. 
Not with everyone, not with every situation in life, but the fruit of the Spirit, if we are abiding in the vine and we are attached to Him and we're walking as He walked, we'll be long-suffering. We'll be long-suffering to the drug addict that just continues to do us wrong. We'll be long-suffering to the thief that continues to steal from us. We'll be long-suffering to the sinner that we have begged and begged to get right, but they still haven't. We'll be long-suffering to the ones that continue to do us wrong day after day because we got the fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness. Are we gentle? Goodness. The goodness of God. The goodness of God will be in me. And it will be in you. Faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. You know, Larry read the definition this morning of thankful. And I wrote it down because it blessed my heart. But thankful was pleased and relieved. You know, the only way I'm pleased with me is when I'm in Him. The only way that I'm relieved knowing that everything's okay is when I'm in Him. You know, for years I searched out in the world for things that would please me. I searched out in the world for things that would give me relief from the stresses of life. But nothing ever pleased me. Nothing ever relieved me. Nothing ever made me thankful except Him. Except the Lord. Except putting my faith in Him and abiding in Him and knowing that my sins are covered. Knowing that I'm right with God. That's the only thing that ever made me thankful. Nothing else ever made me thankful. Nothing else ever gave me hope. Nothing else ever gave me peace. Nothing else ever gave me joy or love or any of these things. It's just Him. That's what we're all seeking after. We're all seeking to fill that void down on the inside. But the only thing that can uh, fill that void is Him and then abiding in Him. You know, it's not just a one-time profession of faith. It's not just coming to an altar and, and praying a prayer and standing up and saying, I got saved. It's a daily walk with Him. It's walking as He walked. To continue to be filled, we've got to walk with Him on a daily basis. Hey, in order to make it to heaven, we've got to walk with Him on a daily basis. That's what's required. It's not optional. He didn't say you can if you'd like to and you'll still go to heaven. He said this is what's required. You know, I heard somebody on a, a podcast the other day make this statement. And they said, uh, there's some people that ain't Christians but are saved. And I thought, what? And what he said was, there's some people that are saved but don't live like a Christian. Because Christian means to be Christ-like. And I thought, that ain't so at all. If you're saved, you're going to look like Christ. If you're right, you're going to walk like Christ. You can't be saved and not live like Christ and still be right with God. You'll be lost. That's what it is. You'll be lost. You'll walk away from Him. Let's all stand this morning. Listen, if you need to pray, the altar's